Hey there, Rev. This week we are talking about something that I think everyone thinks about. Multiple questions have come in about, and that's the emotional part of moving forward. There's been tons of questions along the line of, but how do I move forward when someone else doesn't care or they won't apologize or they won't acknowledge it? Like, how do I heal while I'm being in the same room with them or I have to co-parent with them or they're my parents or I can't get out of seeing them because I work with them, whatever the situation is for you. So one of the things I want to say first and foremost is Do not allow your healing to be codependent, okay? When we're in codependent relationships, it means that we are, we're really relying on that other person, right? If you've ever been in a codependent relationship, romantic, or you've watched your parents be in a codependent relationship, or you've seen this, you see how there's a struggle for power. There's an imbalance. There's a toxicity that happens. So do not allow your healing to be codependent on someone else. You know, we've talked about allowing all the feelings, right? We talked about in the last podcast, processing those parts. You have to allow yourself to get angry, right? You have to honor the fact that you care about this. But in that same sense, you can't expect yourself from someone else, right? You can't hinge your healing on the fact that they don't care or they won't acknowledge or they won't apologize, Because if you do that, then in every situation that you come across in life, you're going to base your healing, base your moving forward off of a waiting game, which is going to be very, very detrimental to your soul, right? So don't avoid your feelings. It mattered to you. And you should honor that within yourself, you know, whether it was something that they said was wrong or they betrayed your trust. It teaches you about you and how you want to move forward in the world. And then the same aspect, it is teaching you about them and what you will and will not put up with anymore in the world. Okay, So it's very hard, right? Because you have to essentially detangle your whole entire self-worth from the situation, right? You have to recognize that a lack of apology and a lack of acknowledgement, a lack of understanding from the other party or parties has nothing to do with your actual truth. Your truth is not up for debate. So instead of fighting people to see your side, instead of spending your time and your energy on trying to get them to see your side, get them to see your point, get them to see why they apologize, you need to be spending that time and energy on setting your boundaries. Because here's the stark and frank reality. If they cared, they would be listening. If they were not, um, you know, basically having, 
oh, now I'm getting lost for words. Um, and you guys know I don't edit, so I'm just going to sit with this real quick. If they were not being able to take advantage of you for a lack of your boundaries, right? If they were not benefiting, there's the word I want. If they were not benefiting from a lack of your boundaries, they would change it. They would just say, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm really sorry that you feel like that that's happened, that, that I've caused you to feel that way. Right. And notice that in itself. I'm sorry you feel that way. And I'm sorry my actions have caused you to feel that way are two very separate statements. There are narcissistic statements out there of, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you allowed yourself to get upset about that. That is way different than, you know what, I hear you and I I hear that I've upset you and I'm sorry. But don't hinge your healing on people who continue to benefit from a lack of your boundaries. Even that fight, right? Even that power struggle and that fight and staying in it, you got, this is anything, right? This is work. This is friendships. This is romantic relationships. This is situationships. This is poly relationships. This is parent relationships anything. When you are in the fight, when you are in the back and forth, you are still giving energy to that person. They are still benefiting from the lack of your boundaries because the fight is a lack of your boundaries. You even continuing to come to them and say, I don't know why you don't see this. I don't know why you can't be there for me. I don't know why this. I don't know why that. You are still engaging energy into that person. And time and time again, they are telling you straight to your face. Essentially, sorry about your bad luck, but I don't. And the reason why you cannot receive it is because you have somehow decided that your self-worth is tangled up with their apology. You have somehow in your head decided that without their acknowledgement that it's not truth. And that can't be farther from the truth. Getting strong in the fact that your story is not up for debate is one of the most empowering things you are going to do for yourself. It is something that I come into, I mean, I walk my life this way. My story is not up for debate. If you want to talk about something that, you know, you and I have had that's, you know, sticky in the past or violent in the past or awful in the past, like I will sit down with anybody from my past who wants to come to the table with a conversation, not an accusation, not belligerent, not nasty, not death threats, but a conversation of, hey, this is the person I was back then, or, you know, hey, I was really out of line back then, or, hey, you were really out of line, and it caused me to get really out of line, and then we were both freaking out of line, right? Whatever the conversation is, I'm here for it. But I will not tolerate a conversation in which someone says, like, 
wait, 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 no, 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 it didn't happen that way. No, it didn't happen that way from your perspective and how you experienced it. But it did happen that way from my experience. And that's something that I want all of you to understand is that your story and your experience is not up for debate. And how other people experience the situation is unique to them, right? It's unique to how they process the situation, what they remember from the situation, their mood dependent retrieval. Hello, how many times have we talked about that? So, I mean, let's take a romantic situation, for example. If they were already out, right? If they were already tapped out emotionally, physically, romantically, and yet you were still all in, you were still in love, you still cared, and all of a sudden they're sleeping in the different bedroom or they're sleeping on the couch or they're pulling away from, you know, caring about you. Then your reaction and how you deal with that breakup, it is going to vary in leaps and bounds from how they remember it, right? So they might remember it of like, well, you went completely crazy for no reason and like, you know, just decided to do all these things and call me all these names. And from your perspective, you're like, dude, you dipped out on me. I was completely hurt. Like you showed me that I was nothing in your life. And you know what? I gave you that same energy back. So, you know, and it could be the reverse, right? I've talked many times openly about the fact that really anyone who knew me in my early 20s got a completely different version of me. And I am open to those conversations. I am open to conversations from people who are like, geez, girl, you just went to 10. You were just angry and defensive. And and yeah, I'll sit with that. I will hear someone else's experience because you know what? Their experience with me is not up for debate. I can explain to them where my head was at and apologize for the behavior that they had to receive from me. But that's the healthy conversation. So make sure that you are not waiting the decade, waiting the two decades for the apology, right? You have to make sure that you are shifting your focus from getting what you think you deserve to going and living how you believe you deserve, okay? So instead of sticking and staying and being in the rut of like, oh, but I deserve the apology and they need to say sorry and they need to do this. Girl, boy, what, what, I mean, you know, what, what, however you identify listening to this right now, you know, uh, we have a predominantly female audience, but like he, she, they, them, you go get your goods in life, okay? You go get them. You stop waiting for the apology. And you know what, I, I've been in enough situations because I'm thinking back to some of these emails now where it's like, how can I care so deeply and they don't care at all? And the reality is that, you know, we, as I said before, we can't expect ourselves from others. We might be deeply empathetic. We might be more open. We might have more emotional intelligence than somebody else. But how you care is about you. 
and what you can take away, right? Because it does hurt and it does matter. And it's frustrating as all hell when you have invested time into somebody that doesn't care or you perceive that they don't care or they don't care to the level that you care. That is just their inability to be on your level, right? So there's this great, um, there's this great sermon by, um, I think he's a Baptist pastor, uh, T D Jakes, J D takes, (laughs) um, I'll put it in the description of this because I, I don't remember his name offhand. He's got some, he's got some initials and I always get them mixed up, but he says, you know, if you're a 10 gallon person, you know, there are people among us in society who are 10 gallon people. And y'all know I'm not religious, so I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, preach to any choirs right now, but this spoke to me as someone who is non-religious that in society, there are people that are 10 gallon people and we love and we expect love on a 10 gallon scale. But if we hook into or we're born into or mess around with people who only have pint capacities, that they really could be giving us all they have. Really, they are giving us all that they have, but it never fills us up, right? Because we are these 10 gallon people and we have this immense capacity to love, immense capacity to forgive, immense capacity to put out in the world. And it's not a insult to them that they are pint size people, right? It really is talking about the fact that they really could be giving you to the tippy tippy top of what they have, but it doesn't fill you up. But that doesn't mean that they are bad people. It means that you need to take the responsibility to go find your other 10 gallon people. And that is something that I had to learn for myself in my thirties of like, you know what? I'm a 10 gallon person. I was born into a family of pint sized people. Again, not an insight. That's their capacity. I came from biologic people who had, again, that pint capacity. I got into relationships with people who had pint capacities. Um, And so what I have to do for me, instead of trying to make these people in my life, 10 gallon people, it's accepting, you know what, they are giving what they have, but if it doesn't fill my needs, then it's my job to go find something that does. And it doesn't make them bad people. Now, y'all know my backstory. So believe me, some people are not great people, right? The abusers, the herders of the world, the people who are out there just to do damage and just to do bad. Okay, let's, let's not, uh, try to let them get away with anything. But even at the end of the day, the people who have abused us and used us, it is still not our place to be putting our damn energy into fixing them, making them better. I say this to my female clients all the time. And I remind my damn self all the time. You are not the pep boys of broken men. Stop thinking that you can fix them. Stop thinking 
that you can love them better, or you can have enough sexy time to make them better, or that you can show them how to be in the world. You are not the pet boys of broken men. You're not the pet boys of your broken family. You're not the pet boys of anything broken out there, okay? It is literally not your job to go find broken things and fix them. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to say something that is real and it might hit you a little harsh right now. But if you are going out into the world and you are seeking the broken because you want to fix it, you are in desperate need of external validation. It is the things that you fix that give you validation and then you get upset and you are sad and you become depressed and you start questioning your worth when you couldn't fix something you knew was broken anyways. You went out and you tried to find it. You went to the junkyard of men. You went to the junkyard of jobs. You went to the junkyard of your family. And then you got pissed when it broke down on you. You have to be strong enough and know that you are worthy enough to walk and find happiness. There is nothing in this world that says that you have to put up with the broken car, that you got to push it down the street, that you have to keep investing to make this car better. So how do we, how do we move forward, right? One, it's all about that internal validation, the internal self-worth and that internal self-love practice, right? So I think there's a lot of people that are like, oh, self-love, it's so cheesy, right? But self-love, you know, it can mean different things for different people. For you, it means sitting in the bathroom in the morning doing affirmations and telling yourself, like, I'm worthy and, and you know, I am a great human being. Then that's for you. Now, for some people, they're going to be real uncomfortable with that. That's not going to work for them. But telling people who do not treat you well to go kick rocks is self-love, okay? It is self-love to quit the job that doesn't treat you well and go get a better one. It is self-love to send that text message and say, hey, you know what? We've been dating about a month. I don't think this is working out. Um, You know, you got piss poor communication and I'm not going to deal with that. Could that be a real story that just happened to me about a month ago? Sure can. Um, That is a self of, you know, that is a form of self-love, right? I didn't, I didn't try to stay in that. I didn't try to make it work. I wasn't like, oh, what is it about me that he's not communicating well? That boy was hung up on something that happened in his past. And you know what? I'm not the pet boys of broken men. It is not my job to heal his communication style. I'm sorry, sir. That was a great month. Good dinners. Thanks a lot. You gotta go. So... Practicing self-love just means that you do not put yourself in places where you are not loved. Simple as that. So if affirmations work for you, awesome. If journaling works for you, awesome. If bubble baths 
work for you, awesome. If going to the gym works for you, if doing your makeup and your hair and all of these things contribute to your self-love, kick ass. But at the end and the start of every day, your self-love is just you not putting yourself in situations where people actively and openly treat you like garbage. So this may mean that obviously you got to change your circle. And in that time, it can feel lonely because I get it. Sometimes it's better to have bad someones than be worried about and be fearful about being alone. Because a lot of times why we put up with the nonsense is because we're so afraid to be alone that a bad someone is better than being by ourselves. So, you know, the state of the world has, you know, it's it's changed how we can connect with people. But I would say, you know, while things like, you know, meetup.com and, and you know, groups in physical spaces is a little bit more limited than we are used to right now. There are still ways to go online and find groups. If you're someone who likes to volunteer, go get on your your favorite social media platform. Go get into groups and on pages where people have the same mindset and vision for your life as they have for their life. You want to start having those conversations. You want to start engaging in that because it is easier for someone who is fearful of being alone to detach from toxic people when you know that you have another support system, even if that support system is online. So do the things that you need to do to build community you know? So at the end of the day, does it suck that they don't care? Yeah. And and the reason it sucks that they don't care is because you have such a good heart that you want to believe that the world is made of people with good hearts. You want this idolized version of the world. Because you're walking through the world that way. And it's hard to understand why other people don't walk through the world that way. But the biggest thing that you can do for yourself is realize that you cannot accept yourself from other people. You will be let down a majority of the time. But if you start engaging, right... In those groups of like-minded people, if you go and seek out like-minded people, you can build a different community. And those are people that you're going to be able to have conversations with who, who, like you, wouldn't think about doing X, Y, or Z that would hurt you or offend you. Now, that doesn't mean that we should avoid all conflict. I talked about earlier in this podcast that I'm always willing to sit down with anyone who wants an amendment from me or who wants to talk about a situation that happened, right? As long as they're willing to come to the the conversation in 
a manner where it is resolution-based, not accusation-based, then like, let's have the conversation, right? So it's not that we want to build these bubbles for our world and never have conflict, right? But moving away from people who are toxic, that's different, right? We don't want to continue to have people in our life who aren't willing to have the conversations, who aren't willing to hear you, who aren't willing to apologize. So do not hinge your healing on someone else's apology. Don't be codependent with it. I know it sucks that they're not sorry. I know it sucks that they don't even think it's wrong. I know it sucks that they won't acknowledge it. I know that it sucks that they tell other people it didn't happen, that um, they don't even remember it, yet they're going to tell you how it's going to be, right? And all the other different scenarios. If I didn't touch on yours, whatever your specific scenario is, it does. It does suck. But realize that that is about your good heart. And take your good heart and go share it with people who care. And stop showing up at the junkyard of human beings expecting to find some Porsche. It's not going to happen. At no point in time are you going to walk into the pick and pull of human beings and and just find someone like you. And it's okay to let people go. It is okay to let other broken people go because they need to be on their journey. They need to go heal themselves or not. They need to go experience their life in whatever ways that they are going to. But don't allow them to have you as a punching bag. You as someone that they take advantage of. It doesn't need to be that way. And you're allowed to have healthy boundaries with family. We're going to talk about that in the next podcast because that itself is a very long podcast that a lot of you have talked about. Like, okay, what do I do when, like, you know, my mom watches my kid and I need her to watch my kid, but also she says really mean things to me and and all these other kind of questions. And we're going to cover those. Um, But you do not have to submit nor succumb to abuse from anybody. So go take your 10 gallon heart and take it out in the world. Continue to love people in your capacity and continue to fight to bring those people into your life who will also love you at a 10 gallon level. All right. I will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.